him. So what happens in the Bible is all these stories that are of Israel refusing to trust God. So what God did was he showed through the Jewish people, the children of Israel, how much of a sin it was and how angry it made God uh, that people wouldn't trust him, his own people, after he had done so much for him. So for you and me, that we live at way out here in 2020, almost 2021, what is it in the Old Testament that we should pay close attention to? Sometimes it's the judgments that God passed upon people of, of his own flock uh, and the mistakes they made and the sins that they committed and uh, how angry it was for him that they didn't trust him. Now, honestly, I've never seen a real, you know, catastrophic miracle in my life. But they did. They got to see so much. Uh, it's amazing. Now, I've seen miracles, and I had, to, I had to realize it was a miracle after the fact. But I've never seen one of those miracles like the Old Testament. There's a lot of them. Incredible miracles, especially when Jesus walked the earth. And for us not to trust God with everything is actually a sin. And so the children of Israel are our example. So how many have ever heard of a rabbit's foot? Does anybody ever have the unpleasant memory of trying to use one I did when I was a kid I heard that if you have a rabbit's foot on a chain it's good luck right have you ever have you ever heard that little little kids uh, you know um I guess you were supposed to rub the rabbit's foot and something was supposed to happen good to you right wrong never worked just a gimmick how many ever heard of a horoscope it's our horror scope looking into the horror, uh, but the horoscope. Now, uh, there is all kinds of stuff like that in the world, and you shouldn't be looking at a horoscope, uh, you know. And let, yeah, if you change all the months, they, it all says the same thing anyway. How many ever heard of a fortune cookie? Did you know you're really not supposed to put any trust in a fortune cookie? You're supposed to eat them. And uh, you throw the little piece of paper away without looking at it. Oh, that's hard to do. I don't think I've ever opened a fortune cookie without looking at what it said. <laughs> if you're breathing, something will happen to you today. <gasps> yeah. That's, that's nonsense. But th that's the way we are. We're, we're not... We're not prone to trusting God. We, there's all kinds of things that really can mess us up. Um, how many, honestly, you've, you've been, or maybe you know somebody that's really superstitious. Okay, you don't know any. How many of you are? No. Do you know, uh, Paul went to the uh, Athens and Greece, and he said they had all these shrines and monuments, and, and he says, uh, uh, I see you have this monument here to the unknown God, the tomb. I'm going to show you who that is. And he told them, I think you're all too superstitious. And superstitious, you know some of the most superstitious people in the world 
are the people that are really in high-level sports. Golfers are notoriously superstitious. They feel like if they don't do one little thing the right way, that they're going to miss a putt. Um, there's routines that people go through. It's all nonsense. They're, you got to be careful on what you're trusting. Now, for you and me, it might be any number of things, but I just want to remind you, it doesn't matter where you live or what money situation you're in or what, what you have as uh, skill, education, doesn't matter intellect, skill, education, whatever, you might, you might be trusting in some of those things. But I want to warn you that you're not supposed to trust in anything but God. I mean, put all your trust in Him because you'll never be confounded. You'll never be put to shame. And it's a battle sometimes. We, we had to really trust God to uproot from San Diego years ago, 23 years ago, and to start a church. That took all the faith I had. And I needed, I, I couldn't have any room for superstition. I wasn't trusting in money because I didn't have any. I wasn't trusting in intellect because I was short on that too. Uh, but I had God. So you still have God, don't you? And it doesn't matter what goes on outside. What matters is God wants us to trust Him. Okay, so now we have the whole entire Bible. Every story in the Bible is, is something that you can trust and build your faith upon that, because it's true, to, to apply it to your life today. That's why we have 66 books, because every single thing in the Bible is for our admonition and our help. So it's supposed to build our trust. Now, let's go to Amos, and I want you to see how upset God was. Uh, Amos chapter number 9, verse number 2 through 5. This is talking about uh, uh, the, the, uh, the prophecy where God said, I'm going to spread you out all over the world. I'm going to cast you among the nations. I'm going to uh, just disperse you. You're going to be all over the world. I'm, I'm just, I've had it. Look at verse number 2. Uh, these are people... Uh, God's talking through Amos and he's, he's preaching to people that thought that they would, would hold up, you know, and, and have a fortress or a stronghold. Um, <clears throat> and they didn't need to worry about Amos's uh, prophecy. Look at verse 2. <clears throat> Though they dig into hell, thence shall mine hand take them. Though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. And though they hide themselves in the top of Carmel, I will search and take them out thence. And though they be hid from my sight in the bottom of the sea, thence will I command the serpent and he shall bite them. And though they go into captivity before their enemies, thence will I command the sword and it shall slay them. And I will set mine eyes upon them for evil and not for good. It's very serious when God has had enough. I hope America could trust God. We have it on our coins, don't we? We have it printed in our, on, our, uh, on, our, on our money. We have it plastered on almost every courthouse. I mean, it's really serious business. That's how our nation was started out. In God we trust. And look what he did. Israel began to drift away from God, didn't want to trust him anymore. So the Jews were scattered throughout the world because they refused to trust the Lord. 
But way back in, in, uh, in Solomon's day, let's go to Proverbs chapter number 3. <clears throat> you know this very well. Uh, most, most every Sunday school class has a song that goes with this, and they teach the children. And uh, as soon as you get saved, usually this is one of the verses where you'll memorize this. Uh, we Christians that have been around for a long time, we know this by heart. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. What a verse. What a beautiful verse. You know, God wants, how much trust does God want? Have you ever thought about that? How much of your trust do you think God wants you to put in him? That's a good question. Huh? What do you think? All. It's hard, isn't it? There's so many voices. Well, you need this and you need that and you've got to have this right. You've got to have that and you've got to have this and got to have that. And if you don't do this and if you don't do that, there's, there's, there's part of our Christian life that we actually you know, do, be doers of the word. We trust God. We, we do obey him. But when it comes time for you figuring everything out, you don't have to. You trust him. You got to trust God in every area of your life. Look at Nahum now. Nahum, another prophet. One of the uh, hidden stories of the Bible is that uh, Nineveh, remember Nineveh? Did you know what happened to Nineveh? After Jonah got done preaching, there's a lot of people got saved, right? Remember that? But 150 years later, they all crashed and took off and just stopped trusting God. And our country's 200 and what, what are we, 230, 276, yeah, about, about 220 some odd years, right? What are we, uh, 1776, yeah, okay, well, 200, that was graduation, so that was 200 years. Uh, I was 200 years old when I graduated, yeah. Okay, so back then, so we're, we're, we're just a little over 200 years old as a country. I think it was 244, right? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, somebody was telling me in the back. By the way, if we have a camera for, for this, uh, I want you to know that nobody can see the back of your head. I'm the only one they look at. The, the screen stops right about there, so don't worry. If you fall asleep in church, you don't have, and nobody's going to put you on camera, okay? Amen? That's a promise, okay? All right, now let's all wake up now. Wake up. Yeah. Anyway, look at Nahum, <laughs> chapter number one. It says, The burden of Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum the Elkishite. God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. <clears throat> the Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea and maketh it dry. He drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languisheth, and Carmel and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at him, and the hills melt, and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation? And who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? 
His fury is poured out like fire. The rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. In uh, verse 8, But with an overrunning flood, he will make an utter end of the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. I just want to say, if you'll notice that verse number 7, could we just take a real close look at that? <clears throat> now, a stronghold is like a fort, right? Everybody know what a stronghold is? David had a stronghold, and, and uh, everybody that's in the army or the Marines, uh, they know what a stronghold is. That's, that's a real defensive fortress. But that's not what God's talking about here. He's not talking about a structure. I want you to see this. Notice with me. The Lord is good, right? In verse 7, everybody see it? And comma, a stronghold. So you know what you can also put in that verse? The Lord is a stronghold. See that? The Lord is good, a stronghold. The Lord is a good stronghold. The Lord is a stronghold. That's what that verse is saying. Do you know where you're supposed to put all of your trust? In a person named Jesus Christ. All of your trust. Okay, so I'm glad you don't use rabbit's feet anymore. I'm glad you don't read the horoscopes. I'm glad you don't believe in superstition. And I'm glad you're not trusting in anything but Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's all in all. Every single thing that my life needs is found in that person, the Lord. I can trust him in everything. A lot of people say, well, you know, you, you can't trust Jesus for everything. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. I've trusted him for the some of the foolish things of this world that the world would never understand. Uh, anytime, i got to tell you a story. I, I watched a boxing match one time between uh, Alexander, I think his name is, Hollyfield, and Mike Tyson. Okay, so it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a carnal, a carnal thing, I know that. But uh, here's what I got out of it. Um, before the fight, uh, Mike Tyson was up there showing, yeah, I just want to thank Allah for everything he's done for me. And I, I, just, I just praise Allah, Allah. He's talking about Allah. And Hollifield had a hat on his head that said, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now, honestly, it's a worldly thing. It's a worldly event. Lots of carnality there. Uh, but, but it was a picture of Allah against, <laughs> against God. And I just, I just had a time. I was hooting and hollering. I got up. We were eating pizza with a couple of guys from the church. And, man, we were actually just running around the front room because none of us liked that Mike Tyson guy. He was a big mouth, just a knucklehead. And later on it was proven because he bit the ear off of Hollyfield in a different fight. Saying, he bit his ear off? Oh, my goodness. That, you see what I mean? It was a carnal, carnal. It was a, it was a boxing match, you know. So anyway, I thought, this is, this is kind of neat. Here's this guy bragging about Allah, and here's this humble man with a cap on that says Philippians 4.13. Uh, that's, that's, it wasn't a church service, by the way, right? <laughs> but aren't you, aren't you kind of neat? Aren't you glad that God kind of did that? You know, God, God just, he's never going to, 
He's never going to be uh, making people ashamed to trust in him. Now, I know that that that's just might not be a good illustration. I just it sticks out in my mind because I was really happy that the guy with the right ball cap won. That's all I'm saying. The Lord is good. The Lord is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust him. Do you trust him? If you do, he knows you trust him. He knows you're putting everything in him. He knows your heart is with him. You've thrown away the rabbit's foot. You, you've thrown away Ann Landers and uh, Abby, dear Abby. You've thrown away all that. And by the way, uh, get rid of the horoscopes. Don't look at And just eat the cookie, okay? Just eat the fortune cookie. Just don't worry about what it says. Just laugh at it, but don't start trusting in anything but God. You know what happened in Nineveh? They stopped trusting the Lord. They saw what God did, and then they stopped. 150 years later, they completely stopped. And look what the Bible says about it. Could you go back to verse number two? It said that God's uh, wrath and his vengeance, and the Bible says in verse number two that his, he was furious. He was furious. Oh, listen, if you've had God answer your prayers, it's time to trust him for the other things too. Amen? If he's answered, how many have ever had a prayer answered? It was a prayer that nobody knew. It was a prayer that only you said to the Lord. It was about your own personal life. And nobody knew about it, but God answered it. How many ever heard that happen? That's supposed to generate more trust for the next trial. Did he get you through? How many have ever been through a trial and you praise God for it? Now, you're supposed to use that for the next one. And we, 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 we have a track record that God's building. He's never failed us. It gets us to the next problem. We're in a problem right now in our country. Are you trusting the Lord? Is he worthy to be trusted? I'm trusting him no matter what the election. My whole life isn't built on the election. It's just not. You say, are you preparing yourself for a loss? Yeah. You think we're going to lose? No. But are you prepared? Hey, uh, remember, um, remember the statement? He says, uh, if, if I can get it, uh, forget the past and don't worry about the future. Just trust God for the present. That you, tomorrow, yesterday's gone. Tomorrow may never come. You don't have any guarantee of tomorrow. I'd hate to be going to heaven and go, uh, on my way up, you know, I'm being transformed and re- you know, translated like the Bible says, a new body and a beautiful robe and all the people going, oh, I wonder if, I wonder if the election's going to go well. It's like, wait a minute. You, 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 time out here. You're not, hey, look up there. Set your affections on things above. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Judgment came to Nineveh. Look in chapter 2 for a minute. Look at verse 4 through 6. The chariots shall rage in the streets. They shall just jostle one against another in the broad ways. They shall seem like torches. They shall run like the lightnings. He shall recount his worthies. They shall stumble in their walk. They shall make haste to the wall thereof, and the defense shall be prepared. 
Uh, verse 6, the gates of, of the river shall be opened and the palace shall be dissolved. Look at verses 8 through 10. But Nineveh is of old like a pool of water, yet they shall flee away. Stand, stand shall they cry, but none shall look back. Take ye the spoil of silver, take the spoil of gold, for there is none end of the store and glory out of all the pleasant furniture. She is empty and void and waste, and the heart melteth and the knees smite together, and much pain is in all loins, and the faces of them all gather a blackness. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. Woe to the bloody city! It is all full of lies and robbery. The prey departeth not. The noise of a whip and the noise of the rattling of the wheels and the prancing horses and of the jumping chariots. The horseman lifteth up both the bright sword and the glittering spear. And there is a multitude of slain and the great number of carcasses. And there is none, none end of their corpses. They stumble upon their corpses because of the multitude of the whoredoms. And uh, it says of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcrafts that selleth nations through her whoredoms and families through her witchcrafts. Uh, Behold, I'm against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will discover thy skirts upon thy face and I will show the nations thy nakedness and the kingdoms thy shame and I will cast abominable filth upon thee and make thee vile and will set thee as a gazing stock. God was very upset with Nineveh. He's talking about how Nineveh is going to be destroyed. You remember what Jonah did? Jonah was told to go down and he was told to go down and preach Nineveh because in, in, in a certain time frame that Nineveh would be destroyed. And Jonah didn't want to go. And so he got in, uh, uh, he took some money and he had the money for the fare and he paid the ship. And of course, you know the story, they threw him in the ocean and a whale grabbed him and swallowed him and for three days and three nights, you know. But when he got spit back out on the shore and all the seaweed was all over him, he went and did what God said because there was a revival going to take place and people got saved in Nineveh. The whole place got saved. It was wonderful. Hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of people got saved. It was a great revival. But it didn't last. It didn't last. It, it died out in 150 years. Now you have God saying, I'm done with Nineveh. This is, I'm furious about this. You know what I want? I want you to think about this. Your salvation is not supposed to be temporary. Your, your love for God is not supposed to be temporary. It's supposed to be something that you treasure back and you build upon that. Life gets better. More prayers get answered. More blessings. Hey, how many have been saved over one year? Okay. We're all veterans then. Uh, I, I don't know how many have been saved. I know several in here have been saved quite a while. Your Christian life is supposed to be getting sweeter, not sour. You're supposed to be getting better, not bitter, right? It's just horrible what's going on in the world today with Christianity. And I speak, I don't care what kind of church a person goes to, if they're saved, that's, if you're saved, you're saved. Uh, but you know what? Our country needs a revival. 
I want it to start right here in our church. I want it to start with me. I wish I could say something. You know what my prayer is? That one day I could win a Catholic priest to the Lord. I'm not talking about a fake one. I mean one with a real collar. And a real chain. You know, the real guy. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying, I've always prayed, I just, I just want to, I want to, you know, the Mormon church is full, full of elders. They, they're very young. They're not elder. They're just really 18-year-old. How'd you get to be an elder? Good creature, you can't even shave yet. But they got a little tag there, and they got the bicycle and the backpack and everything, and the white shirts and a good attitude. They're nice. But yet, I've never been able to win one to the Lord that I know of. I was out soul winning in Ferndale one time. Knocked on a door. Can't even remember who I was with. They were getting ready inside to go out and door knock too. I mean, there was six of them in there. All led by a lady. And uh, her and her husband were kind of in charge of everything. And they were all dressed to the T and they had their name plates on. I must have knocked on their door right after they had prayer. <laughs> But it was great. I said, I said, if I can hold them up for a little while, I can keep them from knocking on doors out here. So I got into this big discussion of how, you know, Joseph Smith was not a prophet and whatever. Well, I did. It lasted for almost 45 minutes. You're welcome. Yeah. But I couldn't lead them to the Lord. I mean, they were hard as nails. I. I'd like to lead a Jehovah's Witness to the Lord, but they're pretty tough. I don't know if I ever have before. I mean, I've, I've made headway. But, you know, I'd like to win an Orthodox Jew to the Lord, too. Wouldn't that be great? And, boy, if you ever want to tangle with how you believe, you go, I'm telling you, it's, it, it's, it's, really a, it's really a struggle to try to take an Orthodox Jew and explain to him how Jesus Christ is the sacrifice and uh, whoo, that's a that's a big discussion there. So you know, God God's furious, he, but we're supposed to be getting better as Christian our Christian lives progress. We're supposed to have more trust now than we've ever had in our life. I had a preacher one time tell me we were we were really really poor, and it was very difficult for my wife and I. It's the first time we'd ever did, uh, really experienced incredibly painful poverty but the Lord put us in that for a temporary time so he could teach us it was a it, by the way there's nothing wrong with it not having money what's wrong with how you deal with it amen so we were God put us in this situation and for three years we really were dead poor and it was really a struggle and I got bitter about it and I uh, I, I was meeting with my pastor. He thought we were wasting money and spending it on all kinds of goofy stuff. Fact is, we weren't. We didn't have anything. I mean, we didn't even have a TV. I mean, we didn't have anything. And I, he said, well, what your problem is, you're wasting money on things that you don't need. And I thought, well, okay, well, wait a minute. Now, before you say that, I'd like you to know, I'd like you to prove it. He said, bring, it, bring in all of your, uh, your uh, budget and your finances, and I'll show you where you're making a mistake. I said, I'll be glad to. <laughs> it was great. I brought in a little pamphlet. <laughs> I, brought in, I brought in 
what what he wanted to see because I had my chance to say, see, this uh, this was this was really good for me because I got I I got to show that we weren't blowing money and goofing off, right? And so he he said, you know, I've 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 examined all this, and you really aren't wasting any money. He said, I don't know how you guys are doing it. <laughs> I said, yeah. Uh, um, but I didn't say it in front of him. But anyway, he said, you, I'm, we're going to have to give you a raise. So, but he said something in the middle of all that trial that really stuck with me. He said, never be ashamed of trusting the Lord. He grew up in the Great Depression. I didn't have it half as bad as he did. I'm, I'm just saying that there's a lot of people that learn how to trust God through trials. So if you're going through a trial, mostly it's just so that you can trust the Lord. Now, we who fear God and trust Him and trust the Lord, we shall be kept safe. God will never, ever let us be ashamed. I'm not a prophet. Uh, I, I don't know what kind of judgment's coming to America, but I'm telling you there's not a lot there's, we're not getting more and more people to trust God. We're getting less and less. Our, our country's not getting more holy. It's getting more unholy. I mean, I could go on and on about all the things that we do in America that we think is okay. But look at this. For you and I that trust God, look at Psalm 34 for just a minute. We're going to finish up. I'm happy to trust God. I will help you trust the Lord if you need help. And maybe, maybe we've gone through something that you have not gone through yet. Maybe you've gone through something that you learned how to trust the Lord in a trial that I haven't been through yet. I'd like to meet with you and find out how you did it and what got you through because I have obviously not gone through everything yet. There's people that go through things that others don't go through, haven't yet. I want to learn how to trust God. You know, the Bible says when one member of the body uh, suffers. They all suffer with it. When somebody's brokenhearted, we should all be brokenhearted. When somebody's going through a trial, we should all, when somebody gets a blessing, we should all rejoice with that person. And when somebody learns something, how to go through a trial, it's really good that you and I uh, find out how to get through that because that's really important. There's, there's, there's treasure all around in the church. I want to know how you trusted God and what he did for you. All right, let's look at Psalm 34 and we'll finish up tonight. Look at verse number one through uh, verse number nine. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Could we say that one more time? Watch closely. You might want to circle this in your Bible. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. 
Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that what? Trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. So we trust God. We trust him. I'm trusting the Lord for my future. I'm trusting him. I'm putting everything in him. Uh, we try, don't we? Uh, there's, a, there's a big, huge pressure on Christians in every area. It's like the spoke of a, of a wheel with hundreds of spokes all pressuring in on the center. And God says, don't worry about it. Trust me. Righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people, right? It's not a sin to trust God. It's not a sin to pray to Him. It's not a sin to rely on Him. It's not a sin to need Him. It's not a sin to talk to Him. It's not a sin to uh, sacrifice for Him. These are good things. God governs among the nations. And I'd say we have work to do. Remember 2 Chronicles 7, 14? If my people... You know what I think this election? Let me give you my philosophy because i got five minutes. My philosophy is this. God pays no attention, I don't think, whatsoever during elections to the votes of unsaved people. I think he pays attention to the votes of saved people. And I think that when he's pleased with us to get right with him and love him and need him and trust him, he pushes away the, uh, the, uh, the unsaved world and he, and he gives answers to prayer. In other words, he puts people in power, right? So there's so much confusion with all the ballots and all the voting and everything. You say, oh, it's not, there's just no way to know. I'm not counting on the counters. I'm counting on him. I'm counting on him. I believe if I pray and I do my part and I ask God to bless our nation and I turn from my wicked ways and uh, uh, humble myself and pray and seek his face, I believe he'll keep other people out from away from voting the way they want to vote. I believe that they'll keep, he'll keep bad guys from ruling our country. You see how there's a force of when good Christians do nothing, the darkness kind of flows in and tries to take over. When good Christians pray and seek his face and get down and trust him, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit pushes back the evil. I know what's coming, don't you? I mean, in the end, right? God's going to take us home. And they can have it. They can have it all. Some could say, well, you know what I'm going to do? I think the Lord's coming back soon. <clears throat> so I'm going to run up about three or four credit cards and have myself a blast. <laughs> and what they can do, they can have the whole thing when I'm out of here. Oh, wait a minute. God might have another 50 years ahead of us and you're going to be in debt the whole time. <clears throat> but let me, let me give you, a, did I already say that was the last verse? Okay, I won't ask you to turn to it. Anybody know what Romans 8.28 says? But we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Everything's working for us if we just trust God. Let's bow for prayer.